morning, St. Augustines. Yes, I have a lockdown beard. Yes, I expect lots of compliments in the comments. And yes, this is the first time I've worn pants in a couple of months. Uh, now, I, I wanna cut right to the chase today and just say it to you. You're all a bunch of sheep. Now, I know that alienating your audience right at the start is not the greatest way to win friends and influence people. So I just wanna make clear that I'm actually looking to redeem that word and to reframe it today. In today's lingo, calling someone a sheep is, is a derogatory slur. Uh, it's to imply that they don't understand what critical thinking is and that they maybe blindly follow authority. But this passage in John 10 is all about communicating an intimacy and a trust with a leader who has a very different understanding of power than we're used to today. A kind of authority that allows us to let go of the demand to be all-seeing, all-knowing, self-sufficient demigods. I actually think that way of being actually leaves us pretty deformed. I want to suggest that learning to follow and entrust ourselves to the good and trustworthy care of God actually rehumanizes us and is a super important counterformation to today's culture. Being led is a completely different paradigm or mode of operating in a culture that has an oversaturation of leadership courses. Now, full disclosure, I really wanted to open with a heartfelt story in which I gave up this need to be self-sufficient, to be captain of my own ship, a real come to Jesus moment where I gave myself into the care of God, but I just, I really couldn't find one that was any good. So I've been confronted with the reality that actually I'm a bit of a control freak and that from a very early age, I learned to fend for myself because there was no cavalry coming. So I really struggled to be shepherded and to be dependent. I was one of the little kids growing up, so I had to learn to be resourceful to survive, sort of securing important alliances, learning to be funny but not annoying, and developing a personality in the absence of an impressive physical frame. And as you're probably aware, this is clearly an unfinished project. But I'm still working within this paradigm of being resourceful and independent. So this is actually pretty uncomfortable talk for me to give. I'm speaking today as someone struggling with this as I try to point forward to something anyway. So what's going on in John 10? Well, this Good Shepherd passage comes on the back of the end of John 9, which we see the blind man who has just been healed by Jesus talk about his healing to the religious authorities only to be thrown out. So they had used their power to preserve the system over the people, an act born from defensiveness, a fear that Jesus was destabilizing the power world that they had built and that they lived in. So as many leaders do when power is threatened, they simply got rid of the threat and booted him. Uh, and this kind of shepherding was nothing more than keeping the sheep in line. But that's not the only power that dominates in the backdrop here. The Jewish community that this was all occurring within was in the grip of actual oppression. They were an irritating thorn in the side of the Roman Empire. They were a people that refused to assimilate, to recognize Caesar as a god, and to know when they were conquered. <laughs> in effect, they still saw themselves as in exile because they weren't free to govern themselves 
and worship God in the ways they saw fit. The Romans really had their foot on their throats with constant threat of force, crippling taxes and political domination. The Jews had to really group together and protect what they could hold on to. And so you can see what motivated these religious leaders. They were in a real power struggle. And we can understand why these guys might have been so desperate to preserve the little sense of control that they still had. And any historian will tell you that the Romans, they were terrifying. The Pax Romana or the Peace of Rome was a vision that they had for the world to unite all nations, to civilize savage people groups and to share a common language. But the means of achieving this utopian society was brutal. Uh, Julius Caesar's campaigns in Gaul, for instance, have been compared to a genocide. It's estimated that a million people died over the course of them and about a million more were enslaved, which is sickening by the standards of the 21st century either. So the Romans, they ruled by terror. So we have this backdrop of authority in its worst forms, leaders that are tyrants and people that are crushed for the sake of their visions. But Jesus positions himself as a polar opposite to this, announcing that he is the good shepherd who calls his flock by name. He is the shepherd that leads his sheep with care and protects them from thieves and robbers. And almost unimaginably, he says that he is the shepherd that lays his life down for the sheep. This is quite frankly unheard of in first century societies. The rulers don't lay their lives down for the people. It's the, it's the rulers who get to use the people's lives as they choose. So this version of power he's talking about was madness. But its language in this passage has its roots in Ezekiel 34, which is probably one of the most tender passages of the Old Testament. After harshly criticizing the leaders who have abused, scattered, and neglected his flock, God says that he himself will be their shepherd, saying, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them. I will pasture them. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. It's beautiful stuff. Jesus is, in effect, stepping into the role of Yahweh. He's taking on the mantle of this promise and then actually taking it a step further than the original text saying, I will lead my sheep with my voice and I will lay my life down for them. And Jesus does. So the way that Jesus deals with oppression, violence, power abuse, these gigantic systems of sin is to judge it by offering himself up to it. And this idea sent a lightning bolt through the ancient world and has actually changed the world more than any other event. Rulers were worshipped and revered as God. So this idea that God has identified with the weak and the powerless was paradoxically the most powerful idea that had ever happened to civilization before or since. Now, this might seem like a big call, uh, but historian Tom Holland, who's not a Christian, has written about how this conception of power completely upended ancient culture and shaped the West from that point onward. He says in his book, Dominion, 
that human beings have rights, that they are born equal, that they are owed sustenance and shelter and refuge from persecution, these were never self-evident truths. The audacity of finding in a twisted and defeated corpse the glory of the creator of the universe, that serves to explain more surely than anything else the sheer strangeness of Christianity and of civilization to which it gave birth. Today, the power of this strangeness remains as alive as it has ever been. So what he's saying is the fact that we still view charity and equality and protection of the weak and government transparency and having a sense of these as good things is not the product of human progress or higher levels of consciousness as some people like to think. It's actually entirely the product of a crucified God of the cross. You know, the Persians and the Romans and the Spartans and the Greeks, they were incredibly advanced societies with incredibly advanced philosophies, but they would never have considered using power in this way. This really is the legacy of the cross, and this is the legacy we stand in too. But the fact is, right now, we're living through a number of different crises all at once, uh, all pushing on and influencing each other. But one of these crises is in our current uh, complicated relationship to power. Power abuse is nothing new, but over the last few years, it has become a really important conversation. We have seen disappointing power abuses from leaders putting politics before people, point scoring ahead of public safety, individual gain over integrity. And we've seen powerful figures like movie moguls and entertainers and religious leaders and politicians turn their influence into coercion and abuses of all kinds and the vulnerable have suffered time and time again. And so much of that has been ignored for a long time and it's now in the spotlight. So the West has been going through a reckoning process with power for a while now. And so we have these entire systems of thought designed to interrogate power dynamics, systemic imbalances, and to bring to justice those that have preyed on the weak. And that's good. But through this, our concern for our individual autonomy has skyrocketed. It's been, it's been driven to new levels as we have developed a new cynicism and distrust for leaders, a new proclivity to believe that, that what we're hearing from the front is not the truth. And in our quest to guard our autonomy, we have developed an increasingly low view of authority and power. And that actually makes sense. So it can feel like we're faced with a false dichotomy of complete control or nihilism, but Jesus seems to be pointing to something that rejects either of those options. We've been pointed to power we can trust and also entrusted with power, but we've been asked to use it in a particular way. And this is so important to remember in our current season of what's a form of exile. In a climate of cynicism, we can be thrown back on ourselves and trained to be our own source of self-reliance. So we demand ourselves to crush it at work, exercise daily, parent in a way that doesn't traumatize our kids, keep up our skincare routines, cultivate meaningful relationships, continue to lift up, uh, continue to fit into our active wear, to eat well, to stay on top of our current events, and to build capital because here's the belief, no one is coming to save us. Only we can save ourselves. That's the narrative. And we have to be competent in every sphere. 
We are our own answers and the only power you can trust is your own. I don't know about you, but I have not been crushing it this lockdown. I found this lockdown really hard mentally. Uh, I feel like I'm tired all the time and my productivity has taken a massive hit. I feel like I've flatlined and just tried to push through. I've struggled to stay connected and to stay positive. A few times I've just been hit with a massive case of the sads. Um, I felt pretty shut down emotionally with very little in the tank and haven't been great to be around. I think the, the word I'd use to describe all of this would be depleted. So I've really struggled. And it sounds like I'm not alone at all with this either. Um, we've all to some degree been trained to be self-sufficient, but the reality is that many of us have been confronted with our inability to live up to this. So I want to invite us to reclaim our identity as part of a shepherded flock, to move beyond pressure and to move beyond cynicism. Jesus has called us his flock and he is the good shepherd. Perhaps something that I and a bunch of us are being confronted with right now is our vulnerability, our dependence, our need to, to be led, our learn, to learn to trust in a good power, this power that lays itself down. Self-sufficiency, the determination to not be taken for a ride by those in power, the need to be able to see behind every curtain, this is only going to fuel anxiety. Can you reclaim that you need to be led sometimes, that you need to trust a voice, that you can fail and be weak and not crush it and that someone will still take care of you? Can you reclaim that you're part of a flock and not a squadron of super soldiers? I want to invite you to ask yourself where you're feeling the need to be most powerful. Maybe it's just in your ability to think straight in a time with so much back and forth. Maybe you feel the need to be competent in all spheres of life. Maybe you feel the need to own the libs or, or challenge the thinking of those on the right. Or maybe you just feel alone and don't feel like you have anyone to rely on other than yourself. Maybe you've hit a wall and you're out of energy and that's okay. You have a good shepherd who you can rely on. The word in in scripture is far more important than the word instead. It's not about being strong instead of being weak. We can't actually keep that up. It's strength in weakness, hope in suffering, forgiveness in woundedness, love in the face of hate, faith in uncertainty, and being shepherded by Jesus in a time of exile remembering that the most powerful act of God came in the form of the most confronting act of weakness. So let his trustworthy, good power form you and, drop, and help you to drop your guard and learn to be dependent upon him, drawing on his peace and grace. So let's learn to move beyond the pressure of self-sufficiency and a cynicism towards power and let ourselves be formed by this power. Trust in the way of Jesus to be rehumanized. And as we learn that we are entrusted with power 
in so many different ways in our jobs and our relationships and our responsibilities and finances and words and actions to follow in this way ourselves and learn to pour our power out.